Welcome to the Wisdom of the Masters, Hasidic Parsha Pearls. We have a good one for you today in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Yisro, uh, possibly the most important Parsha in the Torah. The Jews receive the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, the moment we've all been waiting for. And uh, the Hasidic literature is uh, very, very uh, replete with uh, incredible spiritual lessons to be learned from all of the Ten, Ten Commandments. Of course, every moment in the Torah um, and, and every moment in life is of incredible spiritual value, according to the Hasidic masters. But today we're going to teach you uh, a lesson from Rav Shnir Zalman of Liadi, otherwise known as the first Lubavitcher Rebbe referred to by many as, by Lubavitchers as the Alter Rebbe, and to many others as the Baal HaTanya, the master of the Tanya. His most seminal work is the Tanya, otherwise known as Lekutei Amarim, which is an amazing, amazing Hasidic handbook to the meaning of life and how to have a relationship with God. Uh, it's really an incredible work from A to Z in, in uh, Jewish mysticism and spiritual service. I highly recommend it for anyone that, to, to try to learn it. Um, there's a lot of English translations and of course uh, walking to any Chabad house or Chabad shul anywhere in the world, literally anywhere in the world, and they, they will, the shliach there will be happy to learn it with you. Roshnil Zalman was born in 1745 in Lithuania, which is now Belarus, and he was the youngest student of the Maghreb of Mezrich, the, the uh, former disciple of the Baal Shem Tov. So Shozalman is the youngest of the third generation Hasidic leaders, and he took uh, the, uh, he really founded his own unique um, vision of the Baal Shem Tov's teachings and spread it to um, Lithuania and and eventually Russia and now really all over the world, Chabad is the uh, are the followers of of the of Lubavitch of the the Roshner Zalman the Alter Rebbe's uh, Hasidic movement and really Chabad is the most vocal visible um, Hasidic group in the world which is really their mission is to teach the teach take the teaching of Hasidus and literally share it with the entire world along with. Uh, lots of Shabbos meals and acts of kindness, which are also at the fore, you know, at foundational in Hasidus to, to share kindness with others. But really the whole Chabad movement is predicated on a vision that the Baal Shem Tov had, where he said that the Mashiach revealed to him that he would only come when the Baal Shem Tov's teachings spread forth to the entire world. And uh, Chabad is really the only group, maybe with the exception of Breslov, which is actually out there teaching Hasidic ideas uh, to the masses. So uh, the Tanya says, really in some ways, the foundation of the Tanya in many ways is based on the following idea. Uh, what's so, so unique about the Ten Commandments? There's actually uh, was a custom to say the Ten Commandments in, in synagogue uh, every morning in the pr morning prayers. And it was it was nullified that 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 tradition because there are those who say that um, 
that it, lest one come to think that that part of the Torah is actually more important than any other part of the Torah. So what's so unique about the Ten Commandments? There is actually a custom tomorrow when we read them in synagogue for everyone to stand up during the Torah reading when they get to the Ten Commandments. And Maimonides, the Rambam, actually was very much against this custom because he said it will make it look like this these Ten Commandments are more important than all the rest of the 613 commandments. So what, what, what's the big deal? Why were these the ten things that God spoke directly to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai and at that the first meeting between us and God? And the rest of the commandments, the rest of the Torah took place and unfolded over 40 years in the desert. So says the Tanya that the first, really the ten commandments can all be, uh, can all be summarized in the first two commandments. And really the first two commandments are general categories with which the entire Torah can be placed. Um, actually, the, the Ramban, not Rambam, Ramban, Nachmanides, not Maimonides, also a, a, a medieval Spanish Jewish philosopher, says that the entire Torah can be broken into the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are basically categories, ten general categories, that we can learn out all the 613 mitzvahs of the Torah come from those ten, and he actually it places all 613 into one of those 10 categories. But the Tanya says that really it's the first two that are really the general categories for the entire Torah. So what are the first two? The first commandment is, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. Now one might say that's not really a commandment. We've spoken about this in previous years. It's not really a commandment. I am the Lord your God is a statement, an introduction, so to speak. So what, and in fact, that is debated between Maimonides and Nachmanides, whether or not it is a commandment. But the Rambam said it says it is a commandment, and this is the mainstream opinion. What is the commandment? To believe in God. That the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God. There is a God. What's the second commandment? Well, it's really the opposite of that. You should not worship other gods. So says the Tanya, these two mitzvahs of belief in God and not worshiping other gods are the foundation for the entire Torah. Belief in God is the foundation for every positive commandment in the Torah. And not worshiping idols is the foundation for every negative commandment in the Torah. The thou shalt nots. So what do we mean by that? When we do a mitzvah, when we put on tefillin, when we pray, when we give charity, we are essentially making a statement to the world that I believe in God. And therefore, I want to get close to God by doing the things that he asks of me. Positive commandments are essentially acts of love. When you buy your spouse flowers or bake them a cake or give them a any other present, what you're saying is, I care about you. I want to make you happy, and I want to do the things that you like. That's why when I take out the trash or I do the dishes, I am essentially reminding myself and my wife that her feelings are important to me. I care about her, and I want to do the things that she likes me to do. On the other hand, when I refrain from doing the things she doesn't like, I am in, in, in also, in perhaps even a stronger way, showing her that I respect her.
the 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 Tanya explains that this the root of positive commandments it's actually also based on the Ramban Nachmanides is love when I go out of my way to do something for myself I'm showing her that I love her and when I refrain from not doing things she doesn't like when I don't wake her up in the middle of the night and when I don't leave my dirty socks on the floor and when I don't speak uh, critically of her I'm showing her that I respect her. The foundation of all negative commandments is fear, respect of God. And therefore, when a person refrains from eating pork or from speaking Lashon Har, speaking badly about another person, or from um, from not working on Shabbos, what they're saying is, I respect God. I have fear of God. I have awareness that there's a God. So, this is the foundation of the entire Torah. And if we think about it, it really it really fits into our own life. When we go out of our way for God, what we're saying is, I love God. When we don't do a, a sin, so to speak, we're saying that I fear God, I'm aware of God, I respect God. But what about when we do the opposite? What about when we do a sin, when we eat pork? Or when we speak badly about another person, or when we get angry, let's just think about it in our own our own lives when we get angry at another person, or when we cheat or cut corners, maybe financially, maybe when we engage in behaviors that are not so proper, respectful. Um, what are we essentially saying? And we don't really worship idols, right? But when we do any of those things, we are essentially worshiping an idol. What idol are we worshiping? We're worshiping ourselves. We're saying that I matter more than God. That I'm really the God of my reality. That what I do, what I do, what I want to do, I create my own value system, and that's a skin to worshiping idols. And and the same is really true when we get jealous or angry. In those moments, we are denying God's existence. Because if we really had true belief and understanding that there's a God in the first of the Ten Commandments, so there would be then then there would be no negative behaviors, because we would never need to get angry because we realize everything that happens for the right reason is for a reason. We'd have no need to be jealous because we'd recognize that everything we have is exactly what we're supposed to have. We didn't have no need to run after our desires because we'd recognize that. We're not in this world to fulfill our own base needs. We're in this world for a greater purpose of connection to God, and therefore we have to control our animalistic desires. So essentially the root of all spirituality is recognizing that there's a creator at every moment of our life with every breath we take, learning to be grateful for the gift of life, grateful for all the incredible kosher pleasures of life. And when we hold ourselves back from doing what we want to do, what our body wants to do, our physical desires and urges, we're recognizing that my ego is not the driving force of my reality, that my bodily needs are not the driving force of my reality, that I am not turning myself into a God, God forbid, and I'm not turning my bodily needs into a God. And I'm recognizing that through connection to the one source of reality, if I make that primary, my, the, the needs of my soul to connect to the oneness of the creator, 
then all my other needs become secondary. And then life doesn't become a rat race to fill my own needs. Instead, it becomes a, an opportunity. Every moment is an opportunity to fulfill the needs of the creator, so to speak, and to do goodness and kindness and spiritual acts. So with this in mind, I want to wish you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos of connection to your true higher self, the part of you that knows that there's a God, and to run away from the lower parts of us that think that we're really in charge of our reality. And those are the parts that lead to all sorts of narrow-mindedness and closeness and, and, and competition and negativity. So wish you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbos.